Welcome, true believer readers, to another great episode of Let's Read Spider-Man. I'm James B., here with... Eddie! And Eddie, today we're going to talk about one of the greatest Spider-Man stories of all time. I don't know if you, I don't know if you know that because I don't know how much research you've done. Um, I know in the cabin to you there was only probably like nine issues of Spider-Man that you got to read. <laughs> so I don't know if you know how vast the Spider-Man books are. Uh, we discussed before that there was a Marvel team-up that has 150 issues that ran for 13 years that you didn't even know about. So I, I'm afraid to tell you what really happened. <laughs> Well, I, in the hierarchy of greatest comic book stories, I mean, I don't know what the hierarchy is of greatest comic book stories, but this, these two issues, I, I could not put them down. It was so intense the entire time. So I'm, I'm ready to hear what where they rank. Yeah, I, I feel, I feel the same way. So if, if you type like best Spider-Man stories of all time, they're ranked by different websites, and I don't remember which one it is that I uh, clicked on before. Actually, I do know which one it is. It's on uh, CBR, uh, which I have no idea what CBR stands for. I have a comic book reader, maybe, dot com. It has the 50 greatest Spider-Man stories master list. This is from 2013. And I will tell you that the Crime Master versus the Green Goblin, Eddie, uh, that came in at number 50. Oh. Now, now I'm, I'm going to tell you now, there's, there's a lot of Spider-Man comic books. So this isn't just the amazing right. Spider-Man. Okay. Oh, Believe it or not, the Sinister Six book comes in at number twenty. Eesh, I have mixed what? feelings about that. Well, it's probably all twenty. Right. Be- it's probably good because all the villains show up, and it's bad because all the heroes show up. So, sort of mixed mm-hmm. emotions. Um, Thirty-nine and forty, which we'll get to soon, is number eleven. But this one here, Eddie, is the number two ranked story Whoa. of all time. Oh, you know what? I'm sorry. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man's origin, Amazing Fantasy 15, is number five. But this is the number two ranked story, and I don't disagree. This is a this is a strong story. Oh, it is it is fantastic. I, I mean, I, I can't wait to talk. about I have a lot of things to say about it for sure. So. Okay, well, but to me, it really came down to issue 33. But let's let's 32 was was not bad at all. It was way better than 31. And I'll let you go because I've spoken long enough. Let let's tell the listeners either what you liked about it or any kind of anything you want to talk about 32. Go ahead and let's share. All, all right. Well, let me just just a little bit of background here. Um, it's a continuation from the last two. We're going to see the master planner as Doc Ock. He shows up at the beginning, and um, Doc Ock's got his whole setup. He's like, you know, got all the purple guys with gas masks and everything. And the thing that happens, Doc Ock's trying to make a radioactive something, and he needs the same radioactive material that Doc Connors has ordered to save Aunt May. So he sends his goons to go get it, and Spider-Man goes at the same time. And before we get into anything else, I, I just, Doc, I don't know how much time has passed since Doc Ock has gotten out of prison, but, like, he has built an underground, like, river layer. He has, he has like, advanced technology in this river layer with atomic power and everything. And then these goons that he sends out, his stooges in purple gas masks, so devote and like completely uh competent too in doing their jobs most of the time most of the time at least they are so i'm just amazed james b by doc ock's brilliance and resourcefulness to rebuild and his his determination he just doesn't give up doc ock is gonna he's gonna rule the world or do whatever he wants to do one way or another uh did you notice this about doc ock at all any of those things james b yeah so he is 
he is essentially the leader, we'll say, of the Sinister Six. So therefore, he's you know he's determined. Uh, he has those extra four arms. I'm not trying to make jokes, so he can move twice as fast. He is like uh, Peter level brilliant as well. So he's got that going for him. Um, so yeah, that you know he arguably is sometimes the the worst toughest nemesis, and this is why he's he's just a powerful, smart. Uh, diabolical like genius who so yeah um, I did not know he was the master planner I did not know that so. I, I was surprised also because I I mean well I thought he was in jail <laughs> anyways uh, so one thing I liked about this issue well we mentioned not May being sick all the time but that Doc Connors okay a little convenient that he's in New York but I love the fact that Doc Connors it's brought into the story to be part of the solution to solve Aunt May's illness and I was thinking how you and I never Never really commented on the fact that Spider-Man gave Aunt May a blood transfusion. And we're like, wow, that's kind of weird. Like, I wonder how it's going to affect things. And now we, we find out that it's the reason why Aunt May is sick. Oh, it, it, that's a great storyline right there. Like, great continuity between those two things. That And it, it plays into this really intense narrative that Peter Parker and Spider-Man, uh, you know, Peter Parker and Spider-Man have in that he feels so guilty for the loss of Uncle Ben since he didn't, you know, stop the criminal running past him in in those that first issue and now it you know it appears that he's also going to be the destruction of Aunt May. Aunt May's going to die because of something that has to do with him too. And it just there's no wisecracks in this one. There's no like lightheartedness. It's it's a really intense um, issue all throughout and we get a really clear picture of like uh, how important Aunt May is to Peter. I mean, I we I think we already knew he she was very important to him. But like, you can look at page five, and I, I encourage everyone to look at page five right now. And Peter Parker has there's he looks guilt stricken about what's going on. He looks sad. He looks enraged. He's confused and he's terrified. And like page five, like I was so scared. <laughs> it was just like scary to like look at Peter Parker really really coming apart at the seams like mentally about everything that's going on. He started college. I mean, there's a lot going on for him right now. So really intense, like in different sections of this issue. Yeah. As unlikely it is that Doc Connors is in town and part of the solution as, you know, I understand that. It's also unlikely that the canister that Peter needs happens to be stolen by Doc Ock because it is sort of related to the radiation and the experiments. I, you know, sure. I'll let that go, but boy, what a, what a misfortune for Doc Ock to get himself involved in this because Spider-Man's not going after Doc Ock because Doc Ock is just being a villain. Spider-Man's going after Doc Ock because Doc Ock now holds the key to Tom May's life. And that's, that's, he's on the wrong side of that Doc Ock. Oh, it just it makes spider-man such a madman all throughout i mean doc ock even says it when they're battling like he doesn't even he's he's scared it appears doc ock is scared he says you know you're fighting on my terms now you haven't a chance against me uh here is what he says but then later on he's like everything's falling on top of us we'll be killed like he's a madman spider-man is because he's He's so bent on getting this radiation back, uh, this radiation stuff that he needs to cure Aunt May. It's just a really intense like issue in comic uh, overall. Before we move past 32, two things I wanted to bring up that happened both before your page five, so they kind of get like lost back there. On page three and four, 
Peter's doing this plan that like, hey, I'm going to be a jerk to get Betty mad at me so I, you know, so she won't she won't miss me. See, there's this problem, uh, Eddie, right now where Betty Brant wants Peter to be the guy she marries, but Ned's asking her. And Peter knows he can't ask her because he's Spider-Man and there's all the issues that come along with that because we know she likes to have a guy who's, who's not uh, that, that courageous. So he's like, I'm going to go out of my way to be a jerk. And he like shoves uh, Ned and he's just being a jerk overall. And then at the top of page four, she cuts him off and says, you know, your little routine didn't fool me one bit, Peter Parker. I know you too well, you know, not to realize you're just putting on an act for my benefit. And I'm like, good for you. Good for you for realizing he's putting on, like, she knows him that well that she knows he's pretending to be a jerk. And like, I thought that was, who, who would think to write that? Like, hey, I'm going to make Peter be a jerk and then she's not going to fall for it. Like that, some people would say, well, that's a waste of time. Why are we even writing that? But that's, that's just so good. And then at the bottom of that page, they show the scene where he gets, he gives the blood transfusion to Aunt May for the first time. And then, Eddie, I don't know if you noticed in the box on page four, it says a no prize. To the first Spidey fan who tells us what issue this occurred in, it says "Forgetful Stan." Uh, a no prize is something that um, that ooh, they'll put these in there, and people will write into the letters page and say, "Hey, I want a no prize because I noticed that J. Jonah Jameson had a cigar in his mouth on this page, and then it was out of his mouth on this page." And they'll write back and say, "Yeah, nice try. He just put it down." You know what I mean? Um, but, <laughs> right. But. And then they'll say like, "Oh, that was just a, this issue." But eventually, they actually will give no prizes to their to their readers. I just, I know oh. this is a serious issue. Uh, by the way, a no prize you do not get a prize. You just get a no prize, which is nothing. <laughs> but you're told that you've got the no prize. Congratulations! But uh, this was a, this was a great issue. Um, I actually I actually own this issue. This is a, a, a I, it doesn't look like one you'd want to own. It's like, hey, uh, I did not read my copy. I read the uh, the reprint. But I actually own this issue. It's not a very valuable copy because nothing. Nothing, no first appearances or anything amazing in this. It's not even a second appearance of, of you know, Harry Osborne, I don't think. I don't think those guys are even in this. But still, no. still, it's a, we know it's value to, like, the storyline. Um, so uh, anything else you want to say about 32 before we go to, go to 33? I, I think that's all, other, other than it was a very intense issue for me, for sure. So I'm ready for 33 now. Yeah, I, I, actually, um, I actually thought 33 was... A different kind of intense and i'm i'm gonna take the side that it was more intense for me i don't know if you disagree or not i i also agree agree but like i could i could when i got done with this one i was like i don't think i can handle any more of this i'm glad it's over it was just so much so So. issue 33 i'll do the quick summary this time because you did it last time um okay the cover of it shows spider-man basically trapped because at the end of 32 he is trapped under all this rubble or whatever else he can't move and he goes in his head and he thinks about that he's gonna like he's gonna fail and he's not like i'm stuck here he's like aunt may is gonna die because i can't get out of this thing and you know i'm not a big fan of like oh um this fight scene took this many pages you know that's something that i like to kind of gloss over quickly but every panel of him trying to push this thing up for five pages or four pages, whatever, until you get a full page, Eddie, on page five of him finally pushing this this thing out of the way and limping along to get this canister and then running into uh, – he runs into the goons and he's not strong enough to fight them. So he, he, lets, them, uh, he lets them fight him 
and basically punch them until he can regain his strength because his, the punches aren't hurting him so much and he just needs time to get his own strength back. He then gets the serum to uh, Doc Connors who messes around with it. He brings it to the hospital where they take care of things. Um, he, he, uh, he, he squares away, gets all the bad guys captured. He gets his photos. He limps in to see J. Jonah Jameson. Uh, Betty sees him uh, bruised and beaten. She has sort of her own like crazy breakdown because you know, she's got a real problem with, with the guys who get involved in danger. Flashback to her brother and the, and the death that he suffered from. And um, then Peter uh, goes back to, uh, to to J. Jonah Jameson. He makes sure he gets some cash, uses the cash to pay for uh, his aunt's bills. And, um, you know, sort of wraps up the wraps up the storyline. So, this, you know, that's, that's the quick summary, Eddie. Um, you want to talk about anything particular in this issue? I, I completely agree with this opening. Uh, I'm not too big of a fan of the long-winded fight scenes going on, too. But the the panels in, in page two and three, where Aunt May, a ghostly Aunt May and Uncle Ben show up, and to kind of just remind him what he's, what he's working for here, it's really intense. And it makes me think about just the situation that Peter Parker's in. He... You know he's he's gone to college. Betty seems to be totally gone from him. He just he just can't you know because he's Spider Man. So like Peter Parker's only he's got the college scholarship to the college, and then he's got this pretty crummy part time job that doesn't really treat him very well too. And then he's got his aunt. I mean, it's amazing how much once again that Aunt ba- Uncle Ben and Aunt May really influence and drive him forward through these panels where he's. I mean, he's like almost drowning. He's almost crushed. Then he lets these guys beat up on him. I mean, I don't know who's ever regained strength where they're literally getting beat up, but he, like he said, he does that. Uh, it's just a really intense, like, uh, intense, uh, you know, series of things. And uh, one other thing about this issue overall, like, I, I don't, is there anything that's funny? James B., is there any anything funny in this issue or, or this comic? Yeah, I um, I'm kind of flipping through it. I I feel the same way you did. If you know, you yeah, you really have to look at J. Jonah Jameson if you're gonna find something. That's uh, about it. Like that's as close as you get with him, his goofy smile. But uh, Peter, it's like Spider-Man doesn't crack a, a single joke anywhere in this issue, as far as I can find. I encourage listeners to tell me whether I'm wrong about that or not. Yeah, I guess the uh, okay. I guess the joke is this one here. He says. Um, He's talking to Fosworth. What happened to you, Parker? You look like something the cat dragged in. And he says, I'm not here to enter a beauty contest, Mr. Jameson. I've got something for you. <laughs> All right. You got me. There it is. But, That's ba- the one joke. <laughs> barely, though. That's barely a joke. Yeah. I mean, he's so unhappy at the time. So it's an intense issue. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, the, I, I guess I got one other thing to say about it, too. Um, I, um, I guess the only thing I... My only comment uh, that I had put in my notes that I said something like, if there were awards for comics, and there probably are, I said, uh, this would win an award. And that made me look up, wait a second, I have a list of the top 50 Spider-Man stories across all books. I wonder if this is um, there. Yeah. So, But go ahead, give me your other topic, and then I'll tell my you. Only, my only other one, too, is this Spider-Man being so out of character when he's fighting, not cracking jokes. Um, it, it, it reminded me of when J. Jonah Jameson had his breakdown and admitted, uh, you remember this James B when he had his breakdown and he was like, I could never be like Spider-Man. He's like too much, too, 
he's better than I could ever be. You remember that, James? Yes, of course. Of course I do. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, it was really intense. And I I know you liked it, but I really didn't like that. I was like, I don't like this character change for J. Jonah Jameson. And although I really like this comic a lot because it's so different in its drama kind of all throughout, um, I got to say, like, I hope this doesn't happen too many more times because it's like, it's too much for me. I need Spider-Man to, like, crack jokes and, like, fight villains with lightning bolt suspenders and such <laughs> well not not be like super sad all the time and try to try to do all sorts of things that are sad sure um i'll tell you that you know looking at my what other stories are coming up as i mentioned um i know 39 and 40 which are coming i know we're trying to not talk about the future but we've you and i have read these years ago before we um it definitely it's the one that involving um i know the goblins following peter parker home trying to find out who he is i don't know if you remember that storyline at all um but that's one but there's one called spider-man no more it's issues 50 to 52 and uh the fact that that's coming up i'm wondering if that that's probably going to be you know the the other tragedy but after issue 52 you're probably going to be all set for a little while until we we get captain stacy's uh death and then there's a drug issue uh, that goes on for a couple issues as well in the '90s, but you're going to have a nice break after that. So don't, you can continue right. reading with me. I won't. I won't fret. <laughs> Why don't you? Uh, oh man, we always we always need a sponsor. Um, well, we'll have to do our sponsor right now at the end of the issue, if that's okay with you. Is that all right, Eddie? I'm more than happy to hear the sponsor at the end. Sounds good. Okay, uh, Eddie. Many consulting practices see advertising as a means to create a quick impression with immediate short-term impact on the marketplace. But Eddie, this strategy rarely works and will cost more money than it's likely to gain. With Master Planner, the job will get done eight times as fast and the marketplace will know it. Master Planner consultants have magnetic personalities. In fact, they wear magnetic shoes. They don't quit when the market crashes. They can use emergency plan G when things don't go as planned. Do not spend a dime on another company, especially if that dime is used to fix a radio. Get your serums, your serums, cargo nets, or any advice for bringing your firm into the 21st century by contacting the only planning business you should consult. That's Master Planner. Eddie, I'm thinking about contacting Master Planner today. How about you? I, I, how, I mean, Master Planner, the headquarters, could be difficult to get a hold of. I guess, I guess through radio, through uh, car radio, transmission, CB radio. I'm, I'm, I will move all of my retirement into Plan G. <laughs> To support Master Planner. That's a great idea. That's <laughs> why have a Roth IRA when you could use Emergency Plan G. Two, yeah, we don't need a 203B. We have Emergency Plan G. I, I am. I think this might be a new permanent sponsor for our show. I just feel. Yeah. If, if my retirement is successful in Plan G. Now, I, I won't ask too many questions as to why it is so successful so quickly. That's for sure. I wouldn't want to irritate the firm. Now that we're done with the sponsor business, Eddie, uh, do you have time for a uh, playing a game? I'm always ready for a game. Okay. 
I'm going to try to ask you a couple questions, and if you get the majority of them right, you win. If you get the majority of them wrong, you lose. Seem fair? Ooh. All right. Sounds good. Okay. Um, here you go. Eddie. <laughs> yes. Tell me as much as you can oh, about no. <laughs> the Dylan Department Store. The, the Dylan Department Store? Um, I don't, I don't know if I can tell you anything about the Dylan department store. Can I get a clue? You told me just before we played the game that you felt very confident. So I, I asked the question, the kind of the harder way. And obviously it's, <laughs> you're maybe perhaps I, you overestimated your abilities. Perhaps that's true. I feel right. like I've done well in the past, I'm, but I'm going to, I'm going to need a little warm up, I guess. I, okay. <laughs> I can't. I, I'm just going to mark this one wrong and move on because we don't have a lot of time. We only have like seven minutes to squeeze in this game. Uh, Dylan Department Store is um, in, in issue uh, 31, where Peter tells Flash that Liz Allen works. Oh, that's what I was going to. Oh, I should have just gone for it. Darn. That's okay. All that's right. okay. It sounds like you're going to be in. You, so let me let me lower the let me lower the thing here a little bit for you. Find a better one. Okay, Eddie. I need a warm up question. Um, uh, J. Jonah Jameson is robbed by the cat burglar. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much of a reward does he offer, and what's his biggest concern? I think he offers a $20,000 reward. Okay. And his biggest concern is that... I I think it's that... that it, well, I know Spider-Man really wants the reward. Is it that Spider-Man, he's worried that Spider-Man will actually get the reward? That Correct. He's very concerned <laughs> that he will be the laughingstock if he has to pay Spider-Man... The check. Uh, the reward is a thousand dollars. However, oh. I'm going to give you. Uh, I'm going to give you credit because you got at least part of it. Okay. All right. All right. Um, so it's one to one. Uh, Eddie, who attended standard high school, and how do we know? Uh, this got to. This is either got to be Gwen Stacy or Harry Osborn. And I. I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with Gwen Stacy. Okay. And how do we know? Yep. It, it has to be mentioned when he goes to college at some point. I'm going to give you... I'm I'm talking give you, in the silver spoon? I'm going to give you credit for it. Great job. It is It is Gwen Stacy. It's because hey! Harry introduces her to Flash as this is the ex-beauty queen of Standard High. Oh, okay. okay. I mean, I, I pegged Harry for a private school guy. I don't know how slanted right, I am by you've the got, movies, I guess. You've got two. There's only... There's only we're only playing to three. It's two to one, so you're in good Ooh. shape. All okay. you have to do is get one of the next two questions, and you're good. Here Ooh. we go. Eddie, what is ISO-36? This is this is the uh, radiation isotope that Spider-Man or Peter Parker needs to heal Aunt May, right? That Doc Ock is all, or I should say the, the crime master, is also going for. Cue the Eddie Come wins on. music. Great hey! job. Great job, Eddie. <laughs> Hey, thanks. You did a nice job here. So, oh, I finished a strong. That was a good good rally at the end. All right. <laughs> you know, Eddie, while, while, while we're getting ready to close, I'd like to point out that we don't have a good close for our show. It's true. We always, it's a thing. If anyone listens after the last music, you can hear many bad closings for our show. That's true. But <laughs> I many was, episodes. Why don't? Why don't we put it out there to our listeners to possibly suggest a good close for our show? Oh. We could have 
Yeah, they could write the catchphrase. We could. We'll we'll try anything. We, we. I know that. I know I have an intro. I don't really know what you do, but <laughs> but I know we don't. We Neither don't. Do I. I know we have a. Our closes are awful. They're always just something from the book, and they don't ever make sense to anybody unless you've read this exact issue. And even True. if you have, even if you have, True. you barely understand them. <laughs> it is an obscure reference, almost always. <laughs> That's right. So, all right. So I'm going to end it with. This is James B here with. Yeah. Eddie! And uh, please, please, please write to us with a good close. So you understand how my game works in the future? Yeah, I see. Now the ISO question, by the way, game. the ISO question was in the in the episode we were actually like recording. Yes, so, that's so, I I knew I had to hit that one too. Right. <laughs> Very yeah. tell you guys. What are you doing? What is that? Why does it keep going? What are you stepping on? Nothing. I stepped on it one time and it came to life. It's one of those little creature things. I think. All right, hold on. Let me put it in the other room. I don't know what's going on. Okay, sorry. Hey, so I was thinking um, about something. I was listening to the episodes today, some of our previous episodes, and I was thinking of your intro, and, you know, I'm always like, welcome true believer readers. And mm-hmm. you're like, let's read Spider-Man listeners, you know, and I always think like, yeah. you know, okay. But the more I thought about it, your intro is way more accurate than mine, because your intro implies that somebody's listening to the podcast my intro implies they're reading the book, which I think they're not. I don't. I don't think a lot of people are. <laughs> we know we're at five hundred. I'm doing this even if we have three people. I've discussed this before. I'm. <laughs> I, I just want a record of of this. Um, so it's, it's very. I like. I like the record of it a lot too. Like my grandchildren can listen to this. <laughs> like, oh, read those Spider Man's and listen to your grandpa. <laughs> You're assuming that this media format still exists. We'll be like, you know, they'll be like, is that digital? <laughs> Who is this? It's not implanted in your brainwave memories from previous generations already? <laughs>